You're listening to the Soul Ties Podcast with Kenyon and Takar Martin, counselors and authors of Journey to Freedom, The Soul Ties Detox. We bring awareness to toxic relationships, promote singles growth, and support couples strengthening. Here on the Soul Ties Podcast, we answer your emails, DMs, and live questions. So join us every week on Facebook Live Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, where you can connect with us on air. Send us your questions through Facebook Messenger or visit us at askthemartins.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. Go ahead and pause if you're on our podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. Pause, go ahead and rate us and tell the world how much you love us. And then come on back and hit play. But right now, we're going to jump into the topic that we know all y'all want to talk about. Absolutely. Loving a narcissist. <laughs> Listen. Here's the thing we had to we had to develop this topic. The reason why is number one, about eight out of ten of the emails that we receive, out of eight out of ten of the messages that we receive, mm-hmm. has someone say, "I uh, I've been hurt by this narcissistic person," or categorizing um, the person who is uh, who they're complaining about or what they need. Uh, info from us to do about right. is a narcissist. Right. And, you know, everybody's jumped in it. Everybody, I, I'm sure that there's probably not too many people who have left a stone unturned exactly. about narcissism. But to be honest with you, there's a lot of misinformation uh, out there. There's a lot of information out there, and you can get it anywhere if you decide to look and dig long enough. But we've done the digging for you. We've gotten the education for we've you. We've done the digging we've for you. We've done, <laughs> we've done the legwork for you. We've done the relationships for you. We've done the breakups for you. Right. We're bringing them all here to you on the Soul Ties podcast. So, so what we're going to do here? We're going to divide this into at, at the very minimum. We know that it's going to be two different podcasts. Yes. This week we're going to be dealing with, uh, uh, I think it's a four questions. Um, or five questions. What is narcissistic personality disorder? What is it a behavior? Uh, is it emotional? Is it biological? And is it a disease? Yeah. These are very important questions. Here's the reason why, because Takara and I was going back and forth about how to lay this information out. The reason why, um, well, because I'm boring and I study a lot. That's No, <laughs> baby, you're not boring. <laughs> but... The other, the, the real reason why, the real reason why we want to lay this out like this is because there's a lot of people who really don't understand what they're dealing with. What they generally do is label that the antagonist yeah. to their heart as you are a narcissist, you love yourself, you're selfish, and that's all, you're arrogant, and you think the world revolves around you, you narcissistic, and then they send them on their way with uh, some some like pop diagnosis, yeah. but, but it makes their heart feel good. So it's not to invalidate you who have dealt with people like this or have dealt with people who are this, but we want to make sure that we feed you and give you enough information to move with. So this week, we're going to deal with answering those questions, then, then yeah. we'll follow that up with how to deal with with that and answering questions like can they be helped because we've been asked that before yes can they change or how can i be helped and, and things of that nature yes absolutely so we'll jump on into that all right is everybody there now during this time you have the you have you are able to ask us questions we'll try to catch those questions yeah we won't answer them right away so be patient with us but um if if they're on topic please don't come here asking us about sex 
don't come in here asking us about infidelity. This week is all about the narcissist. Right, <laughs> Like right. So if you answer, if you have questions, make sure they're on topic. When we get to a, a stopping point, I always jump in and ask questions. So if you hear something, you're like, oh, what about this? We'll jump in and we'll answer that for you, okay? Absolutely, absolutely. So what is narciss- narcissistic personality disorder? My okay. ex. <laughs> she ain't lying she ain't lying Uh, what is it my ex (laughs) so here's the thing when it comes to narcissistic personality disorder there are nine characteristics that must be identified and if five of these characteristics if they carry five of these characteristics that will give them the actual diagnosis now keep in mind these diagnoses must be made by a licensed practitioner not you pointing a finger yes. but but this is the idea that does not mean you're not supposed to look for these things that does not mean that these things can't harm you you want to be aware of these things yes ma'am i got a question well sorry i have a statement already go ahead i'm gonna lay out the ground rule of everything that we do is all about information we are not going to be here to help you diagnose somebody like he just said the the main thing that we want to be able to do with this is to inform you. We want to inform you. The next phase of this is going to be equipping you. After that, that's good. Thank you, you have choices to make on how to move forward. If you're even contemplating getting into a situation or you're dealing with this, all this is doing is to inform you so that you can make decisions for you, not so that you can diagnose and treat someone else. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, just kidding, type in in the comments and say, this is information for me. So that way you can't go pointing your finger at somebody else later. Absolutely. Okay. The nine characteristics. Are you guys ready for this? Yes. All right. You ready? I think so. All right. The very first uh, of the nine characteristics, and you can jump on in here if you have anything to say, babe. They have a grandiose sense of self-importance grandiose big grand they believe they're extremely personally uh important there is exaggerate all their achievements are exaggerated what they do is it's the best thing in the world they are the best thing or what they put themselves into becomes the best thing since sliced bread another translation even if they ain't got what granddaddy said a pot to pee in <laughs> <laughs> There have been so many people who we've seen with these characteristics, not saying that they are a narcissist. They have narcissistic characteristics and that even if they are not all of that, they carry themselves as if they are. They expect you to treat them as if they are. I'm trying to say them and not him. So I don't have PTSD. (laughs) Treat them as if they are. And we find this a lot amongst political candidates we find this a lot amongst leaders ceos we find this a lot against in pastors and church leaders but i'm gonna leave that right there amen keep going okay Uh, you know there's something you said in there that that's not in the notes but i want to make sure that we hit on this yeah takara said i'm gonna say them and not him yes both both men and women can be diagnosed with narcissistic personality personality disorder however most diagnoses are towards men. So if we err to the side of what's common, 
charge it to our head and not our hearts, guys. But make sure that you understand that this could apply to both. Okay. Right. Does that make sense? Uh huh. So there's a grandiose uh, uh, sense of self-importance that does not mean that there you don't you can't be confident, walk with your head up, and things of that nature. It's not that. It's it's a little bit beyond that. If that makes sense. Yes. Okay. The second one is they are preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. They are preoccupied, meaning that they, their mind, their mental inside of them, they're, it's real busy about obtaining, not even obtaining, but being. Right. Being um, that person who has unlimited success or actually uh, reflecting unlimited success, uh, power, brilliance, beauty, so on and so forth. Babe, where are we at? Okay. You, our dog is back here. He so. was eating a chair <laughs> and I had to stop him. So understand that that's what's, what the case is. When you're in a relationship with someone like this, their goal is to look good because this is the this is what they want to portray. They don't necessarily have to have this. However, some do chase this or many chase this, but make sure that you understand that this is what they want to portray and they will penalize you for not treating them like this, not treating them like they're the um the the pinnacle of success and power and beauty and um or whatever the case. They're the kind that have trophy husbands and trophy wives. They're the kind that has uh, everything is a trophy because it reflects who they are, even their children. Yes, ma'am. Can I just, I want to poll the room here. Um, everybody who's here, I want to poll y'all. Can you please let us know every time we comment or mention something that you've dealt with or are currently dealing with, <laughs> I don't want to say say me too, but raise your hand. Let us know what kind of things that you're dealing with with this too, because we definitely want to know if we're hitting the right stuff here too. Absolutely. Absolutely. The third one is, he or she believes that they are special. Now, this is beyond you know, I'm special. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I am called of the most high God. He has called me a peculiar people. Huh? <laughs> this is beyond that. This is uh, they believe that they're unique and cannot be understood by anyone who is beneath them. Mm -hmm. They cannot be understood by anyone who is not as special as they are. They, they, they cannot be understood by anyone who is not um, as brilliant or any institution, if you will. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Now, here's the key about that one point, that one characteristic that's in uh, the DSM. The key about that one characteristic is that that characteristic is part of what we're going to talk about later called the, the dark triad. Oh, yes. Okay. So we're going to talk about that. Keep that in mind. But that that is the one of the characteristics that they are special. They are more special to you. They're better than you. All right. Jeanette said, well, I am special. Jeanette, you're here for a reason. Jeanette, man. you are. <laughs> you are special, Jeanette. Yes, you are. God bless we you. We believe that you are very, very special. Pray for that lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, we love you, Jeanette. Number four, they require excessive admiration excessive yeah. now this is beyond the love language of words of affirmation being affirmed and being loved and being appreciated right. and being told these things this requires literally if i could put it in any any other in, in, a, in a way that we understand it requires praise and worship huh. <laughs> 
That's what they're looking for. No, it's no. funny, but it's serious. No, it's true. Go ahead. Finish what you're going to say. Cause I no, have go to, ahead. Because here's the thing. And again, us coming from a very faith-based background and, and, and being entrenched in a very faith-based community. Um, one of the things, especially as women, we are taught what our husband is the head, just like Christ is the head of the church. Right. And so when we get into these relationships and we get into these marriages, especially sometimes with men, when we are from a faith-based culture, then of course it doesn't seem odd that they have this need and this desire. Your husband is the head, just like Christ is the church. So, you know, you need to, you know, give them those words of affirmation. You need to encourage them. You need to move them. You need to inspire them. All that's cool. Where it becomes narcissistic is when no matter what the level of praise and adoration that you give them, it is never enough. Never enough. You they all, demand it. They demand it. They crave it. But it's almost as if you like, it's like you're crazy because it's like you literally now begin to keep score about what it is that you have praised and adored and admired and complimented them on so they can feel good. And then it goes from being something of, I just love my person, the person that I'm with. I admire them and I treasure them and I value them to let me make sure I do this so I don't tick them off. Now, Keep this. Desiree asks what made them like that and, and pin that because I, I definitely want to keep that question. Now, here's here's uh, one of the things that you have to understand while they need excessive admiration. The other side to that is, is 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 not that you're not giving them admiration, but every time you disagree with them, every time you do something that's going to be um, counter or, or 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 even correct them yes they can't take criticism all that is in there so if you say no babe this is it's like this then they are i'm you you make you don't make me feel man enough mm. how many has heard that statement right there you don't you don't respect me as the man of you the don't house. respect me as a man or you don't make me feel man enough or you don't let me lead like the man absolutely absolutely i tell you what it, it's it's so it's <laughs> it's so telling um, and, and because, you know, I'm gifted to read folks, it's so telling when I hear, especially men, because that's who usually are um, mm-hmm. identified. I hear men say this and I hear men in the pulpit or as speakers share this as if it's a truth that it is her responsibility. Now, I don't want to go on a tangent, but I'm going to go on a tangent. That is her responsibility to make him feel like to uh, validate or affirm him to such a degree that if she does not, he does not feel like he is that. That right. is a lie from deep, 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 dark in the pit of hell. Yes. Go ahead, babe. Oh, my. But <laughs> here's the thing, though. When it's re- reversed, because we definitely, obviously, a lot of us has dealt with men on this side of the fence. For a woman, I think what this typically looks like is absolutely um, she needs this adoration. She needs this praise. But I think for a woman, it also translates into she needs her way. Yeah. She needs. Oh, yeah. She needs to be given everything that she wants and asks for at all times. And she is never satisfied. And she would go as far as belittling him if he does not give her what she thinks she is just due. Very verbally abusive. Very, very destructive. Um, She she uh, women being what happens is because women being the um, weaker vessel. 
they have they you women narcissists use different tools Mm -hmm. um and you know a lot of times like men are catching up with these tools but women narcissists use sexual manipulation guilt manipulation shame manipulation uh they will they they can and will cheat and then come back tell you and tell you that is your fault why it's those type things exactly right exactly you'll see that exactly okay so okay we don't want to get stuck stuck on four but that took us there okay number five number five of the nine they have a sense of entitlement. Yes. They have a sense of entitlement. That's unreasonable expectations of especially favorable treatment or automatic compliance with his or her expectations. Now, I'm going to be honest. When I hit entitlement, I automatically, don't be offended, I automatically think generationally. Because you know yeah. that, you know they blame certain generations for entitlement. I won't say that generation because I don't agree with that. Right. But I automatically think that. But um, it has come across more in in in, in these years uh, the idea of entitlement, the idea that I deserve, the idea that I want, the idea that I need. Yeah. Um, in general, and then when you have it in relationships like this, you'll have someone who shamelessly believe that you are to serve them hand and foot. Absolutely. And they will use rules, law, mom, Bible, your friends, God, they will use whatever it takes Mm -hmm. to get you to do those things that fulfills their need of self-service. All right. Does that make sense with everybody? Oh, yes. Oh, see, uh, Lachelle said my husband uh, would say you, my ex-husband, I apologize. My ex-husband would say you make me feel less of a man. He hated the fact I'm close to my family and made more money no, than him. Oh, Lachelle, come back next week, boo. Come back next you week. Will fi- you will find a lot of that. Yeah. You'll find a lot of that. And Absolutely. We'll talk about that in here. Yeah. But you will find a lot of that. Uh, l- let me tell you something. And I want to say to men mostly because I'm a man and I've dealt with insecurities before in my past. I've not been this, but I know I understand where you're, where, where you yeah. may come from uh, and women. If, if you need someone to validate you in order for you to feel good enough then there is a problem there. It may not be narcissistic personality disorder, right. but there is a problem there that you need to deal with. If you need to make somebody respond to you, uphold you, or, or uh, um, 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 hold you up, and praise you, worship you, all those different things in order for you to feel good about yourself and then blame them for when you're deep in the dumps, then that's not their responsibility or issue. They're the benefit. Yeah. Before I met Takara, I was a man. I'm always going to be a man. She just benefits my manhood and makes me a husband. She's mm-hmm. just very good for me. You understand what I'm saying? Right. I don't want to get too deep into that, but, but just, these things these things pop up in this conversation. Yes. Yes, go ahead. I want to just say this too, just to encourage um, husbands. Listen, even if your wife does make more than you, let's just say this. The yeah. Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and then obtains favor from the Lord. How do you know that the amount of money that she's bringing in is not the favor so that you don't have to stress so hard over everything in the house? As long as y'all are working together, as long as y'all are building your home together, as long as there is nothing that it, that she does to 
intentionally put you down about how much money you make, take your favor, take your blessing and work with that to build together. Just yeah, saying. <laughs> Just be like, you go, girl. You know, old school Martin. Okay. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, right. that's it. I'm Num- like, small, small detour. Number six, they're interpersonally exploitive. Okay? That's weird. What does that mean? First of all, that's number two of the dark triad. What interpersonally exploitive means is that they don't care about you. They will exploit anybody, any situation or any opportunity, any opportunity to get what they want. Morals do not matter. Yeah. Ethics do not matter. Not they do know what is right and wrong. What you will find with a narcissist is a narcissist charming and very um um uh, uh they're charming and very intelligent. Extremely yes. intelligent and and very articulate. So you that's you find them in places where they can be seen, where there's cameras, lights, action, stage, mics. However, they will do anything to other people that they can mm-hmm. in order to get what they need. Right. Under trust me when I say this. Trust me because you know you you, hit, you we get the opportunity to run into them privately and professionally but trust me what I when I say this they will still kill and destroy everything every everything that's in their way. Yeah. And they have no problems doing it. All right? Number 7. Is this number 7? Yes. Number 7. The third part of the dark triad is they lack empathy. Mm-hmm. I know we keep saying dark triad, but I want y'all to get it ingrained because we're going to go there. They lack empathy. What that means is they don't care how you feel. When you approach them with a situation and and and, and an argument or, or you're hurt and you say, listen, I feel like I feel like you don't care. I feel like you um, don't you know give me enough or I feel like this or I feel like that. They have no ability to, they have, I take that back. They have the ability. They don't have the notion to connect yes. to you emotionally. Um, not at this point. They don't have empathy. Not having empathy is a very, very dangerous thing. And we'll talk about why that's so dangerous in just a moment. But it's an extremely, extremely dangerous thing. Did you want to add something to that, babe? Nope, not yet. Okay. Numbers, uh, number eight, so we could get through this. Um, they, <laughs> and this goes along with what we just said earlier. They are often envious of others and believe others are envious of them. These are the spouses or, or dates that compete with you. Yes. And your lifestyle uh-huh. and what you do. Again, when you get paid, ladies, when you get paid more than him, he looks at that as a threat to him he looks at that as an offense or an attack on his masculinity or his manhood okay yes and they believe that everybody else is trying to be like them right for whatever reason right on top of that they one of the things that you'll also always find is that you feel (laughs) i'm sorry every time i say something charnel raise her hands (laughs) we got you we got you you, charnel Charnel. (laughs) go ahead 
Um, you know, what you'll always find with these people sometimes too, if, if your significant other is constantly in competition with you, somehow, some way you'll always end up feeling guilty for your progress. Somehow you'll always end up feeling guilty for your success. Even though they have a heightened sense of themselves, you progressing, you moving up is a threat to anything that they think that they are. So they'll either criticize what you've been able to accomplish or they'll make you feel guilty for it. So much so that you will find ways to begin to compliment them, make them feel good to soften the blow of your progress. Absolutely. Finally, number nine, they are arrogant, haughty, they have arrogant, haughty behaviors and attitudes. Yeah. It's just the way that they walk. Again, and let me, you got to separate this. Um, growing up, I'm from the 70s. My mom uh, grew up in the 50s. And in the, in that time, they were taught, especially African-American, we were taught to hold our head high and to speak a certain way. Yeah. And to be proud of ourselves. And so that sticks with us. That's st- that my mom done it, and my mom's, and that sticks with me. That sticks with how I um, read and write. That sticks with the way I, um, absolutely, my diction or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. That is not. That is not what we are talking about. What we're talking about is a sense of arrogance that supports all the other eight. That says I deserve. I can be like. I could do whatever I want to do. Yeah. I deserve to be like this. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and and it's hard. It is very. You can when you see it, you see it. Right. And when you see it, you know it. And okay? that's. I mean, honestly, Desiree, her question. Yes, let's go ahead and drop into this question before we move to the next to answering our questions. Because and and because only because you kind of touched on it right there. What I was going to say was she said, "What makes them like that? A narcissist. My soon-to-be ex-husband was the only child by a single mother, and his pop was a Rolling Stone. How could he be like that?" Desiree, what Kenyon just said, his mother did it in a healthy way. His mother instilled value, self-confidence, um, reassured him of who he was. That's a very healthy um, installation of self-confidence and self pride into your child what happens though to some especially only children especially with single mothers a lot of times we can improperly translate how we're supposed to be uplifting and raising our young boys our young boys become the sole center of our attention or I mean it could be our young girls too they become everything that we need them to be they also become our significant other um, in a non-ancestral way, but in a way that we put so much into our child that it becomes an improper transfer of love and affection onto our child that then makes them a, in a way feel like they are overly entitled. They are who they mama said they were. Um, mama's boys. Um, honestly. Absolutely. And and so that's when one of the ways that it starts out is through how we're raised good bad or indifferent a lot of times a negative upbringing can instill that kind of stuff too i know you got something to say tag team all right well (laughs) i'm like okay keep going so what takara said is perfectly on point generally what usually happens when a child is raised by a narcissistic parent or a very um or a very condemning parent so usually like for male narcissists usually the father is very condemning and the child and the male child either grows up insecure or 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 you know constantly proving themselves and and becomes a narcissist right but they also have a mother who is extremely doting uh, a yes. mother who continues to say that's my child and generally here's what happens when it comes to narcissistic women and uh, and, and their and their children uh both of them, male and female 
what happens is is that narcissistic women now this isn't all women who do this but narcissistic women especially what they do is they use their children's achievements and identifies them as their own and so what happens is is everything the child does they own the, the narcissistic parent owns and then what happens as that child grows up that child must be continue and maintain obedience to that parent usually Mm -hmm. a mother and if that child uh walks away or whatever because usually the mother has means in order to keep that child in in line so what that so what that mother does is begin to say okay you don't get your inheritance or you don't get or i'm not going to pay for this anymore i'm not going to do that she sets them up to be that kind of person and that child learns that Mm -hmm. mentally and emotionally and as we'll soon see biologically that child learns to be like that yes and and so listen, Jeanette's question. She said, "What if your children have those traits? Can you correct them? Are the parent or are the parents blind to the behavior?" Here's what's dangerous about our children today, and this is even dangerous to us as adults. Social media has turned us all into somewhat narcissistic. We live our lives off of likes and hearts. Let's just be honest. Our kids are being immersed and grown up in this. One of the things that we've tried to do in our home is now we call out behavior that seems to be a narcissistic. That's not narcissistic per se, but when they're showing selfish, when selfish. they're selfish, when they lack empathy, when they make things all about them, when they turn things around and make others feel like they are less than we call it out because at the end of the day, we don't just want to raise good upstanding kids. We want to raise good human beings. Absolutely. And so I think depending on the age, you absolutely can begin to correct it. But I think you're going to go into this later. At at the end of the day, they still have a choice. But you still as a parent, it's our responsibility to correct it because it's our responsibility to protect them for what's coming later. Right. So as a parent, just just so I can piggyback off of that and make it real clear for you. As a parent, what you do is you confront it. Yeah. You confront it. You hold them accountable for it. You keep you hold their feet to the fire and show them that at the very minimum in your house that this is not appropriate behavior. Yeah. What that does, it hurts them and it's probably going to hurt you. But what it does is it begins to help mold and bend their behavior to at mm-hmm. least act right around you and 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 those type things. Um and what that ends up doing is creating a pattern and as a pattern is created a habit is created that 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 they can hearken to or default to Uh, it's like this you you know it's like you know we might be away from how the home we might be 55 years old and we cuss and we do all this that and the other but when we go home we know better exactly you see what i'm saying exactly there's a place in us where healthiness exists and what that's what you have to provide for them why you still have them why you still have control right that makes sense right and even as adults i mean i have a brother who's a narcissist and my my mom will absolutely call him out on it like when he calls like he tries to front that with my mom my mom is like no you're wrong that ain't what it is so i think as parents, it's our job to, like he just said, always let them know what is and is not acceptable in your house, in your presence. Absolutely. I feel like we should be done, though. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh uh, it's, it's okay. It's about 8.05. Okay, let's go ahead and hurry and get through this because we really want to get them the rest of this information. Listen, it only takes uh, five of those to diagnose a... A, a narcissist right uh for a licensed clinician to diagnose the narcissist okay yes ma'am and 
I think this goes without saying because I think you've already said it. But at the same time, we have to be very careful about diagnosing people that we're with with diseases, because a lot of times you have situations where you have somebody who may just be dealing with insecurity and you've improperly written them off. And all of a sudden um, you've got a word that's in somebody's head that doesn't even really apply to them. So I think before we start throwing around popular terms to every which way and everybody we come in contact with, we also have to be very careful and sensitive to what we say and what we put out there. Absolutely. Let me go ahead. I want to, I want to really answer the questions we said we were going to answer at the very beginning. I am going to go through this. I am not going to give you all the information that I have. If you have questions, we'll give you an opportunity to answer exactly or ask, um, you know what? I tell you what, I'll answer these questions next week. (laughs) <laughs> I'll answer these questions that because we have questions and I really want to get into the dark triad. Is that, is that okay? Yeah. Okay. The reason why we want to get into the dark triad, I'm answer those questions next week. Hold my feet to the fire. Um, the reason why we say there's a dark triad, listen again, it takes five to diagnose. So what happens with people who don't mm-hmm. have five? Mm-hmm. Um, they may not be diagnostically nurse, uh, narcissist, or narcissistic personality disorder, but they are narcissistic. I use this term, crazy term. It's called laic narcissist. Yeah. Um, uh, L-A-I-C narcissist. Um, it's, uh, it, it means that they have what they still have uh, devastating, destructive, and toxic characteristics that puts them in a place where you need to be wary of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if they have These four, are the ones that's kind of going under the radar, right? Okay. If they have four, they're narcissistic. Now the dark triad is all you need is these three. And the reason why these three are so important is because when these three are combined, you have someone who is, who, who's for all intents and purposes, evil. Yeah. You, you understand what <laughs> like, I'm saying? I don't even know another word. Yeah. They're very dangerous. They're very, they're very dangerous. So let's go through these real quick. Please ask your questions while I go through this because we only have about uh, less than 10 minutes. All right. Number one, they believe that they're special. Meaning what that means is that they believe that they are not fallible. They believe that they're smarter than you, better than you, more brilliant than you, um, more beautiful than you. They believe that they're more spiritual. They believe that they're, um, that they should be obeyed. They believe that there is no reason why you should not look up to them or put a light on them or worship them because they are special. That's very important. Okay. Okay. You got that? Yes. Okay. The second one is that they're interpersonally exploitive. Another name for that is Machiavellianism. Have you ever read the uh, Machiavelli's? I was uh, like, I heard the Tupac <laughs> album. Like, <laughs> if you ever read the, well, he probably read the book because he was a reader. But if you ever read or, or heard of The Prince, that's a book that Machiavelli wrote, and what it meant, what it, what basically it said was the ends justify the means, and that's how these people work out. That's how they do. They will exploit. They will abuse. They will manipulate. They will do whatever it takes yes. to get what they want. It's not that they don't know what is wrong, or or for them what is considered as wrong. What it is, is that they don't care. They're above the law. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Um, they, they, for them, as long as they win, mm-hmm. they will do everything and anything in order to win. They will attack you. They will attack your character. They will go to your family and friends to attack you. If, if they feel like you're pulling away, they will go to your family, friends, church, everything. They will call you up. They will curse you out. It depends on who it is, but they will do whatever they can to break you down so they 
win. Yes. This is why um, for, for those who are going through our program, I know I see a, you know, a few people, Carlita and so on, who are going through our program, the Soul Ties Detox. This is the type of person that we say, um, look out for if you're going through a divorce, if you're going through a very serious and strenuous breakup, yes. because somebody who was in this state, somebody who will do whatever it takes at all costs to win is the person that begins to slowly escalate until you do not recognize who's they, who they are anymore. One thing that we always say is that, yes, they've never become physically violent. Yes, they've never done anything to physically harm you or threaten you, but you've never witnessed them as they're about to lose control of you before. For. And so what we always tell people is that somebody that's in this place in the dark triad that is going to do whatever it takes to win at the end of the day, you need to be very careful. And this is where you need to watch for escalation in behavior of that person, because it will be very subtle. It'll sneak up on you. And so before you know it, again, how many people, how many have we come across where you have people who are killing their exes, killing their soon-to-be ex-wives, killing their girlfriends, you know, killing themselves, killing each other because they have to win. And it goes to the, well, if I can't have you, nobody has, nobody can. This is why we are so adamant about this because these are things that we don't see until it's too late. Absolutely. The very last one of the dark triad is, is lacks empathy. So we have, um, we have, uh, they believe that they're more special than anyone else. They're interpersonally exploitive Machiavellianism. And then we have lacks empathy. Now this is what's really important about lacks empathy. Right. Okay? This is what's really crazy. Lacks empathy. Empathy means that not only were they um, do they feel like they are they're above people. Not only will they do whatever it takes to win, but they don't care how you feel at the end of the day. Right. They don't have a connection to your pain or hurt, whether they cause it or not. They don't care. Now, let me put this in in the proper context. In antisocial behavior, what we know as um, uh, what psychopathic or sociopathic? What, yeah. we, what we know is what we understand is that which is usually called termed antisocial behavior. Um, what they do, or one of the biggest issues with that, is lacking empathy. Meaning that when you see, um, when you've seen child children who start out um, killing insects, pulling legs off of insects, and then they they progress to hurting animals and just right. watching them suffer or, right. or drowning kittens or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And they progress to those to, to places where they begin to be manipulative and, and deeply antagonistic and secretly just uh, uh, loathing mm-hmm. and all of those different type things. This is where it becomes incredibly dangerous because they have no, no feeling of remorse. They have no care. They have no understanding. They see people as objects. They don't see people yeah, as people, as tools. So what happens is when you combine that right there, lacking empathy, I mean, there's nothing to turn them around. They will do wrong because they want to do wrong. They will because it makes them win. And then they don't care uh, what will hurt them. And they and because they're special, they're above it all. Yes. They will do whatever it takes mm-hmm. and they will not make a move. So a person can doesn't have to be uh, really diagnosed with narcissistic uh, personality disorder and still be narcissistic enough to have these three traits. And these three traits right here. Yeah. Well, these are among abusers. Yes. Uh, these are among those people who uh, isolate. 
Mm-hmm. They'll isolate you. These are among those people who are willing to hurt you because because it makes them feel better. Right. About themselves. Okay. Man. And so, and that's, I mean, and that goes into what Shakita just said. She said the narcissistic person, if they marry you, so no one else can have you, but then they don't want you. And that's the thing is that it's not about loving and death till death do what's part. It's about control and it's about conquering and it's about being able to say, look what I've done. Look what I got. That's it. You notice that the, all they do is brag about the possessions. All they do is brag about what they've got with you. They do not brag about their love for you. They do not want to give you any undue attention. So they do that. And then what do we do? we then begin to chase after them and try to make them love us the way that they promised to. And all we're doing is trying to force them to do something that from all we can see right here, they do not have what it takes to do. All they have there to do is to make themselves feel good. And so by you, uh, we'll spin our wheels chasing after somebody to make them love us and treat us like we need to be treated but at the end of the day, all we're doing by chasing them is feeding into that narcissistic cycle. Thank you for listening to the Soul Ties podcast, recorded live on Facebook and distributed to iTunes and SoundCloud. Help us spread the word by rating us, leaving a review and sharing. And be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. If this episode has helped you and you're ready to begin your personal journey to freedom, visit us at thesoultiesdetox.com. If you have questions that you'd like us to answer live, please visit us on Facebook or Instagram and Twitter at Ask the Martins. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Soul Ties podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.